We all wanna be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Right. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I am your host and coach, Brittany King, and I have a very special guest with me in the house, Katie Bramlett. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to, to have this discussion with you today. I when your, when your brand came through my inbox and I started, you know, I always just like go and do my research. I was like, this conversation needs to happen. It is our culture, our, our diet culture, our weightless culture has become so toxic. And I hear it so often in conversations with my friends and my clients. So when I saw that you created a platform that is customizable for different types of workouts, for different types of body types, I was like, yes, this is what the world needs. <laughs> I'm just so excited to get to chat with you and learn all about We Shape. So why don't we start with who you are and why you created We Shape? Absolutely. Yes. So, you know, I've been in the fitness industry for about 20 years now, and my co-founder and I actually ran a different fitness company. It was like a digital fitness company. So we sold digital fitness products uh, that was very successful. Uh, we made the Inc. 500 three times. We had a big team. We were doing quite well. And I often say that, you know, my Instagram life looked like I had checked a lot of boxes, but uh, there was something inside that was pulling me in a different direction. And I had what I now call sort of fake fulfillment. It was um, this inauthentic feeling inside that like I had done everything, but I wasn't quite satisfied. And essentially it was just this journey of, well, what, let me start here. And once I started uh, with what I thought would be the only intention, uh, quickly morphed into a much deeper meaning. So uh, a number of years ago, I, maybe three years ago, I said, um, I want to make a different product. I don't love the products that we're selling. I think we, our, our customers deserve better. It's not like the products were bad, but and my co-founder, he's like a movement expert. He was like, I'm actually on the same page. I've been thinking about this. Let's create a different product. So we spent two years building a technology-driven product that is essentially real-time customization. So we, behind the scenes, it's really complicated. We have thousands of video files, tons of different movements. And on the customer side, it's very easy. They just push play. They answer quiz and they push play and they get an extremely customizable workout that's rooted in movement, which is which is very different than rooted in calorie burning or no pain, no gain or workout till you sweat or throw up. Like it's a very different approach and a very different philosophy to exercise. Um, at We Shape, we say we are changing the way, we're changing how and why we exercise. So we, we launched the product and I was like, okay, this is, we're on to, we're, we're on, we're on the right path. Like this is such a better product. But at the same time, I was in parallel going through my own personal journey around sort of like, I like maybe evaluating some of the beliefs that I had subscribed to. And along that way, I was sort of like, oh my gosh, like waking up to this idea around diets and around 
wellness that was this sort of disguised sort of neurotic behaviors and disordered eating patterns. And I started sort of like unwinding some of my own patterns and belief. And then I realized, oh my gosh, our company was participating in this sort of toxic exercise, toxic diet culture, and I had to get out. So we shut down that other company, we launched this new product, and slowly over time, over the last two years, we've been building upon this idea of movement, and that movement has now evolved to these pillars of community, uh, shifting intentions, and evaluating beliefs and getting, getting further educated on some of the ways that we've we've like what I like to call kind of gone astray, right? It's like we we think that we're doing this healthy thing, but there's so many underlying uh, unhealthy things that are that are really impacting us socially, psychologically, and even physically. So we've just been sort of dissecting that, and We Shape's mission again is to change how and why we exercise. So I know it's a long answer. But essentially, I started in this this very traditional fitness environment, and now have have learned better, learned learned a new way, and have decided to implement that new way. I love that so much because I it, my journey was so similar of not just teaching it to other people, but I was always working out. I was overworking out, and. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I didn't realize that it was a symptom of something else. And I used to think if I wasn't getting a really sweaty workout or it wasn't really hard, then it didn't count. Mm. And, you know, the more inner work you do, the less, like the less that seems important. And I love that you're really shifting how we view exercise into just movement because that was a really big shift for me is like, what, how does my body want to move today versus I need to do these really hard things all the time in order for it to be effective. Yeah, people get confused sometimes when they come in because they're like, well, why don't we see like a prescriptive plan? And I'm like, because just push play if you feel like moving your body today. <laughs> they're like, that's like such a foreign message, but it shows you how disconnected our mind and our body are, mm. right? And I've had a number of professionals on our podcast that talk about this, like the mind will, will, will do will tell the body what to do and it'll do it. Uh -huh. And that's not always a good thing, right? Like, and so one of the things that we're also trying to do is like acknowledge that disconnection between the mind and the body uh -huh. and then practice getting in tune with that, with, with those messages from the body. So a, a simple behavior that I used to have was exactly similar to yours. Like if I didn't have the, the hardest workout on my life, it didn't count. Or if my body was begging me for rest, but I said, I can't do it because my said my schedule says I have a workout today. The inner critic and the self-judgment, like it was psychologically damaging. And now I don't have that perspective at all. It's like, thank you for saying I need rest. I'm resting. It's like I over time, I've been able to sort of, and what we're hoping our community do, community will do is sort of like resist this, uh, this uh, behavior and this pattern of just constant judgment and just trusting the process and the messages that our body has to give us. Oh, I love that so much. So it's like, when I think about movement, I think when you, when you move your body, it speaks the language of your body. So it gets you more into your body so you can pay closer to attention to what it's trying to tell you. So how do you start? So where do you start with someone that is kind of, they don't realize that they're subscribing to the toxic weight loss culture and they just think that it's a normal way to approach exercise. 
Yeah. And this is where my co-founder and I, we create such a perfect balance because once I unraveled some of these toxic messages, I was like, we got to lead with this. And he's like, oh, oh, we can't lead with that. People won't come in. <laughs> they won't. They'll be like, this lady's crazy. We got to, we, this lady's on a different path. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we invite people in for a workout. Um, and usually people come to WeShape because they saw us somewhere and they go, I should work out. Mm -hmm. So they try us. And then after they're here for a little while, they discover that this workout and this mind-body connection are so much more. So it's, it's as simple as someone wants to work out and we offer them a workout. Um, then usually what happens next is we have daily community calls. We have like a couple different types of calls. We have like podcast discussion groups. We have support calls where we just hang out with one another and share about our week. And then we have Q&A with like our head coach who can answer more like movement or pain related questions. So oftentimes people will start popping in those calls and then they'll say, oh, wow, like people are talking about some things that I hadn't thought about before in terms of why I exercise or my intention behind this or some of the, maybe the messages that I've been delivered that I was completely unaware of. So through the community calls, we start to gain new insights and new community. And then we also have a podcast that we launch weekly. And so through the people, a lot of people in our community listen to that podcast. And I have on a bunch of professionals like yourself or intuitive eating experts or movement specialists or um, you know, just various professionals. So over time, people start to say, oh, this is so much more than a workout. Like, this is how I talk to myself. This is how I connect with others. This is what I allow into my into my own universe, right? I'm subscribing to all these people on social media, but this is toxic. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change what I allow myself to be a part of. And through that transformation, usually what happens, I like to say people come in and they say, I should work out, so I'm gonna buy this workout product. Mm -hmm. But by the time they're done, they go, oh, I connect with myself in a new way and my internal um, intuition and connection with self is so much more powerful than all the messages I've learned to receive from the outside. Mm, yeah, it's the best. It's like what you think you're coming for and what you get out of it is so much more meaningful and impact has a bigger impact on, on your life. So what are the pillars then? So what are the pillars of we shape that help people shift their connection with exercise. So we start with movement because that's why people come to us is they want a, a product that's rooted in, they want to work out. What people don't understand, like I said, is behind the scenes, we have a very complicated way that we're discovering what's best for the human body. So whenever we're working together as a team at We Shape, I'm always saying, think about how we can deliver a product and an experience that's best for the human being right? Not best necessarily for the profits of the company, not, not best because this other company is doing this, but like what's actually best for the human body and the human mind. <laughs> and so we kind of start there. So the product, like, again, is rooted in movement. And we say movement over exercise because the body wants to move. Mm -hmm. And um, there are certain pillars in that, in that pillar that we really focus on. So we focus on strength. We focus on uh, flexibility, coordination, and balance. We believe that those four pillars of the movement pillar are sustainable long-term. Like someone who's here today could be with us for 30, 40, 50 years because um, once we uh, get your body, once we get you connected and moving in your body, focusing on those four things, then all we do is increase the intensity. Mm -hmm. And so it's not do the intensity and then focus on those things. 
It's learn how to connect and move in your body and then build on the intensity in terms of what you need for your body. That level of intensity is different for everybody. And our customized program can handle all of that. So we've sort of like have this idea in the fitness industry, there's a range of experts directing us in terms of what is the best way to go about fitness and the experience and, and, um, knowledge that those people have are on such a spectrum. There's no industry standard. Like this is the best way to move your body. This is the best way to exercise. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned in, in, in being in the field for two decades now is someone can go get a weekend certification as a personal trainer and then tell you what's best for your body. And there are many people who are very experienced in exercise science and human physiology, but um, we don't really know who, I mean, it's like, there's no industry standard. So we're coming in saying, we believe this is what the industry standard should be. People should be focusing on these foundational movements. And then over time, they can be increasing their in intensity based on their ability to master these things. And we think that that helps people for the long haul, right? So completely different intention behind, I'm going to get on this exercise bike and, and sweat till I almost throw up, right? Like that maybe won't serve you at 70 years old. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so yeah, that is, so that that's so fascinating because I taught spin for a long time. I taught, I've been teaching spin for almost nine years. I am currently on a little hiatus, but I got to a certain point where I was like this repetition of this high intensity environment, it just didn't feel sustainable. Like I even did it for 10 years. And I think, you know, a big part of it was less than the physical. It was more mental and emotional that was, that had a bigger benefit, but just that over and over and over again, I could feel that it, like there was some sort of disconnect with it. Absolutely. And like, we're not saying don't go do the spin class. We're right. saying have this be a foundation so that you can connect with your body and move in your body. Yeah. Um, we're not saying don't do other things. We're saying that we believe that this is the most important thing. And then everything else is sort of the icing on top. Yeah, And so I, I participate in a ton of other activities, but I have to focus on those core things. And then when you think about it, um, if we were to shift the perception and have the intention of what could I do that would serve my body in the long haul, um, most of the things that we do don't do that. Most of the things we do are in vain. And that's just the truth behind it, right? I want to fit in those jeans. I want the scale to have this number. And we're saying that like, what if we like completely turn that upside down and offer somebody something that's for the long haul? It's like, don't, I said this the other day to someone, don't wait for the midlife crisis. Don't wait for like you to fall and like break your leg or we don't have to wait for those things. We can actually start seeing the long, like, like the long-term vision of what would be the most important. And we can actually just do it now. Yes. I love that because it's like the, we know our society is so reactive that we don't handle problems until it becomes a problem but what you're creating is preventative. It's about being proactive. So it doesn't become a problem. And then you can have, you know, sustained physical health. Uh, oh, that's so good. So that's the first pillar is yeah, movement. movement. Foundation pieces of movement. What's the next pillar? The next pillar is community. So we realized, well, a couple things. One, we realized that we're asking people to completely shift their intention behind dieting and exercise. And when you do that, you're going to feel like a lone wolf. You're going to be like, nobody else is doing it this way. I don't know what to do. So we're like, we got to have community. 
Um, the second reason I chose to really have community a part of We Shape was I had read some research from the neuroscientist Wendy, Dr. Wendy Suzuki, and she had done some studies to determine what was the number one factor that contributed to longevity. She had done a lot of ex uh, um, research and exercise, and she kind of thought that that was going to be the number one thing, but it wasn't. It was connection with community. And she really emphasized that it was not about having a best friend necessarily. It was about that connection and interaction with the barista or the person who's helping you check out with your groceries or the person that you, uh, you know, sit next to in a yoga class. Like it was those types of community connections that really impacted people's longevity. So I thought, if we have these daily community calls, people can connect about these topics, but also develop relationships with one another. So I knew how important community was. Hmm, I love that. I love, I, I didn't know that that was a study, but I also, that's been such a foundational piece in what I'm doing in, with, in my community or with my clients is creating group programs for that very reason of feeling seen and connected and validated. And I love that there is actually research to back that that is a part of longevity and like vitality is being a part of a community more than just your immediate family and close friends. Absolutely. So cool. So community is the second pillar. The third pillar that kind of, and, and again, this is sort of a natural evolution when people come to We Shape. We offer it all and we, we just notice that people come in for the workout, then they start joining the community calls. And then we notice that people start listening to the podcast. And the podcast is an opportunity for us to learn ourselves. We're not necessarily the ex experts here. I just unsubscribed from Toxic Weight Loss Culture like a year or two ago. So I'm bringing in people to better educate myself. And I'm hoping that that can educate um, um, the community. So we have various topics like, you know, what is intuitive eating and how to break up with toxic weight loss culture and how do we shift our perception on exercise versus movement? Like we have a bunch of experts that come in. So people start listening to the podcast. One of our community calls is a podcast discussion group. So we meet every Tuesday. We have a discussion about the last week's episode that was released. Um, I'm actually even hoping to have some of those guests that come on the podcast uh, host seminars and Q and A's with our community members so that they can also have a touch point with the community. Um, so we just offer a resource to, to better understand some of the narratives that we have been subscribing to for so long in this, in this culture that now we're offering another path. We're offering a different opportunity. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's such a good idea to have that, like, have a podcast discussion group, and then also invite the guests or the interviewees to be a part of that. That's brilliant. Yeah. So we we're just kind of, yeah. And then, and then we move into intention. Mm. So our hope is that people will come in, like I said, with, I should work out and leave with the intention of, I now connect with self. Mm. And the reason why I work out is because I connect with myself in a new way. And my intention stems from there. Mm. My intention stems from the intrinsic inspiration that I have to care for my body, not from the external validation that I will get because social media and movies and people around me tell me I need to do this. And a perfect example of this transformation, um, internal transformation that happens, to be clear, is I had a 70-year-old woman join We Shape. And about a month after being in We Shape, she said to me, when I look in the mirror now, I see something very different, even though the scale hasn't changed. I used to hear the voices of others telling me, you need to wear, you need to fit in these pants. You, the, you need to lose weight. You need to eat this. You need to do that. And now when I look in the mirror, I only hear me. 
or I hear the other voices sometimes, but the dials turned way down and I connect with myself in a new way. And that connection with self is what's actually bringing me here to move my body. Not because I'm trying to get approval from someone else. Mm, Wow. That is beautiful. That power of intention is real. And all it takes is cracking the door to curiosity to Mm. discover um, other beliefs that we could participate in, right? Like we believe uh, that we need to be a number on the scale, not because we're born believing that, but because somewhere along the way, a family member, a friend, a magazine, a movie told us that. And we're offering a different option. (laughs) We're offering a different belief that people can subscribe to. And I love that too, because that's, you know, when we, when we get into the idea of belief work, you know, belief is just a thought that we've thought so many times that we think it's true and it feels true in our body, right? It just feels true. But I love that what you're offering with we shape is a di- just one different belief, just one invitation to look at things differently. And that just has so much power to it because that's, so that's the last pillar is intention, right? Yeah. Okay. So that, you know, a lot of times I see with clients is they say, I should work out. I should work out. And then when they don't work out, they're like, I'm lazy because I didn't want to work out. And I'm curious how we shape helps unsubscribe to those types of thoughts, because those are the thoughts that perpetuate this unhelpful, rather toxic cycle of thinking because then it makes you feel terrible that you're not working out. And then that makes you not want to work out or move your body because you feel terrible. And then you're just in this downward spiral. So how does WeShape help with that? A couple ways. The the first thing I ask people is, how is that self-criticism and judgment working out? Mm -hmm. Does it inspire you to move your body the next day? Or does it keep you trapped in a pit of I'm lazy, which I hate that word. I think that that word is like taking people down. Nobody is inherently lazy. Who is lazy? Who is lazy? We'll shout it from the mountaintops. Yeah. Like if they're like, you get to remove one word from the dictionary. I'm picking that one. (laughs) Um, So I ask people, how is that intrusive thought pattern working for you? And why don't you just try something else? Why don't you offer yourself grace? Like, oh, I didn't sleep last night. My body's asking for rest. Great. Like, I I think that people think that if they're just so hard on themselves, it'll get them to do something. Exercise is not a punishment. Uh, You don't have to use it as a form of punishment. You can use it as a quality time with yourself. You can use it as a way to connect with your body. Like there's plenty of other ways that we can, we can view exercise. And to me, viewing it through the lens of self-judgment and self-criticism never gets people to do more. And if they, if they, they do you know, maybe work out more because they're so critical of themselves. It's not sustainable anyway. So I I immediately asked that question. And then I go to another question, which is why are you working out in the first place? And people always have their first answer. And then I say, okay, and why do you want to do that? And then they'll have another answer. And then I say, okay, why do you want to do that? And by the time we get to the fourth or the fifth, why it's usually something like, well, when I was growing up, all my friends were skinny and I wasn't, uh, when I was growing up, people made fun of me because of my weight. When I see the girl on the magazine, she looks so happy. And I know if I could just look like her, then I would be happy too. It's usually something like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, then we get to dissect that and through the process of understanding those beliefs that actually drive this 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 behavior, we get to show up differently and ask ourselves, is there another belief that I could subscribe to? And slowly over time, 
you know, I, I often laugh that I've been in the fitness industry for 20 years, but I just started liking exercise about two or three years ago. Before that, I hated it. And it was because of all of the reasons I was using exercise. I was using it to fit in certain clothes. I was using it to get a number on the scale. I was using it to be critical of myself. Um, I was not using it as a way to connect with myself, take care of myself. My intentions were extremely skewed. And once I was able to sit and 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 baby step after baby step, evaluate that intention and shift that intention, nobody has to motivate me to work out anymore. I listen to my body and I move when it needs to move. Mm. And someone that's listening, that that might be where they want, they, this might be just like a foreign concept to them because I think exercise is often used as a punishment, right? Of, oh, I overindulged this weekend. So now I have to work out. Or, you know, I, I don't fit in my clothes or whatever, you know, whatever that is. So to hear that, that it's possible to have, to go from using it against yourself, using it in a judgy, critical way to this place from love and acceptance. How do you get someone there? Cause it feels to someone that's over here on this end, that feels mm-hmm. like such a jump to get to this place of like listening to your body, loving your body, accepting and meeting yourself where you're at. I feel like, to be honest with you, there has to be a certain level of I'm fed up with this. Mm-hmm. I'm fed up with the cycle that I'm participating in myself. I'm fed up with me. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the second thing that I usually notice is if people are just, people want prescriptions, people want a plan, people want to know exactly what to do. And all I tell people is crack the door to curiosity, crack the door to the idea that something else could better serve you, invite that into your life and just watch what happens over time. You'll do that now. And then six months later, you'll be like, whoa, I didn't even realize the transformation I had. Nothing's going to happen overnight Mm -hmm. um, from what I've seen. But just having a willingness to have an open mind and invite new perspectives in that better serve you and having a willingness to question do the things that I participate in. I know that everyone else is telling me they're valid, but do they actually serve me? Am I happy? Am I content? Am I feeling inner peace or am I feeling shame and judgment and criticism? Mm. Like just because everybody else participates in that negative cycle and that, and that pattern doesn't mean it's good for you. And so I think just to be able to separate that and and ask if it's really serving you and then being open to another idea, I think that the the rock just starts rolling down the hill for lack of a better analogy. Yeah, totally. You know, and I, I was actually thinking about this the past couple of days because I think it was a year, it was actually a year ago. So I'm, I had a baby a year ago and last May I had posted a picture of my postpartum, postpartum body. And it's so fascinating, just the journey that I've been on of not trying to fit into the genes that I once fit in and certain outfits or whatever. And I have just been focusing on feeling good. That's it. I have found a workout that really works for me. I know when to take rest. And it's just been so fascinating because here we are a year later, my clothes fit. Like it's like everything, all of a sudden it's just like, oh, things fitting. I wasn't even focused on that. I wasn't focused on anything other than feeling good and strong. Those were my two, that was my two motivators. Like I just want to feel good in my body and I want to feel strong. And it took about a year to just be like, Oh, and, and it's almost, it's not like I've arrived, but I, it kind of feels like that. Cause it was exactly a year ago that I was post talking about my postpartum body. 
And it's just been so fascinating as you shift that intention. It is almost a very subtle shift. I think most people are thinking it's going to be this lightning bolt moment that rocks their world. They're like, yes, all of a sudden I have these new beliefs. It's actually really subtle. It is. And I want to say that um, nobody can tell you what's best for you. So if you're looking for the plan and the expert to say what's best for you, unfortunately, it's a million combinations of very little things that you'll have to discover on your own. Exactly. We often can reach out for support around like, I'm noticing that I might have a hormonal thing happening and maybe you can reach out to a professional. But the reality, it's like when, when somebody comes in and they're like, well, how many days a week should I work out? I'm like, I don't know. What do you think? That's yeah. like so foreign to people. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you get to decide. What, is your, what do you feel like this week? And, and guess what? That could change every week. Yeah. And I just want to really deeply hold space for mothers in our culture. I have two children of my own. We do not hold mothers in our society. We do not, especially in the U.S. I'm so sorry, but we do not. Mm. I was I was kind of appalled actually recently. I, I got my little girls these kittens. They wanted these kittens really bad. I finally said, okay, we're gonna get the kittens. And the lady was very adamant. They cannot leave their mother until 12 week one day. And I'm like, but the state only gives employees like four to six weeks, like for a human baby. And I remember just feeling like the weight of that and thinking, oh my God, we've, we've gone astray for, for the women who make all the people. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to say, like, if you don't feel held by our culture, um, as a mom, like your perception is correct. Like <laughs> you're not being overly critical. You're, you're not being like, we're not. And then this idea that moms will just bounce back and that the idea that their body is like how we define, I mean, there is this underlying message, especially for people who not, not only, but especially for people who identify as female, which is your worth equals what your body looks like. Mm -hmm. And if we really sit with that, that's really messed up. Mm -hmm. And I just want to like hug all the women out there and be like, you are worth everything no matter what your body looks like. Mm -hmm. And that's the huge message I want people to get when they come to eShape. You are worth everything today. You do not have to change anything about yourself to be welcome in this community. You are perfect as you are. And the reality is, is I've had this other business where I got to watch thousands of people lose weight and subscribe to this diet and do this thing. And guess what? They didn't really feel more worth it when they lost the weight. It was just on to the next thing, or it was this temporary fake fulfillment I talked about. So if you're on that path and you think it's going to, if you think your worth will be defined by achieving a certain body, I mean, I guess you can try it. Some people, I'm guilty of wanting to learn everything the hard way myself, but let me tell you, it, it it's, it's not serving us. Mm -mm. Oh, I couldn't agree with that more. I, th I think that was what was so eye-opening was this idea of the bounce back culture and how... I've never noticed it more in my life of how much people comment on your body that when you're pregnant and then after a baby, like the, the, the messaging, oh my God, it doesn't even look like you had it just, so, and I had to be so conscious to not let those words or that messaging seep into my system, which was already like bursted wide open. So that's why I made it so clear that I'm like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not focusing on weight. I'm not focusing. I literally, all that I want to focus on is feeling good and feeling strong because that's, what's going to help me be the best mom that I'm going to be. But it definitely wasn't 
it definitely made it clear post baby, how our society does not support. And it actually, it is really heartbreaking, especially if you don't have the support or the resources or the tools to, to work through that because the bounce back culture, I, I didn't even realize that was a thing until after having a baby and having it be just this massive, um, topic of conversation with people. Like I didn't invite you to have this conversation with me. So I love that you have this platform with we shape because it really can hold, especially not just moms, but especially moms that are feeling that pressure to look a certain way or get back to, you know, pre baby weight, which like I put in quotes because our bodies change for a very specific reason. The most important reason in the world, bringing in little human, like our next generations, like that is the purpose of our bodies. And it's a beautiful thing. And this toxic weight loss culture takes away from that beauty. And I didn't understand it, of course, until I went through it. And I'm so grateful that I have the resources and the support that I needed to get through it, or else I could see how easy it is to just get sucked back into that messaging, to get sucked back into that paradigm, that type of thinking. And I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on your podcast. You're allowed to swear. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to just say that any, like your body is nobody's business. Right. And if people have commentary about your body, you can politely say, fuck off. <laughs> I mean, maybe not in the, in that way, but like, it's literally none of their fucking business. Yeah. And right. the, and I think the thing, cause it, I, I have such a special space for new moms because I didn't have the resources and then the proper support. I had some very close friends that really held my hand through it, but I did, I was not plugged in and I was not uh, part of a community that necessarily uh, was really giving me this other perspective because my first baby was born 10 years ago, right? So it was just a different time. Um, and so I just really want to hold space for anyone who has had a baby or having a baby or had children. Like it is nobody, and even if you don't have children, your body is nobody else's business. Mm -hmm. And one thing that you say that I want to highlight on is this idea that we can just easily get sucked back in. And as being a new mom, you are the most vulnerable creature on this planet. Like so. And so it is easy to get sucked back in. Mm -hmm. But I want to remind everybody new mom, not new mom, children, no children. If you, if something happens in your life and you can take a moment to pause and sit, don't just be in your mind, but also be in your body and go, does this feel okay for me? Mm -hmm. If the answer is no, regardless of everyone around you saying it is okay, it's still okay to say that's not okay for me. Mm -hmm. So in other words, you can have a whole culture, you can have friends, you can have family, you can have everyone around you saying this is what you're supposed to do. But if something happens in your life that you don't feel is okay with you and your body is like, we don't like this, it's absolutely okay to not participate in that anymore. Mm, I love that. And it's like, you know, I think from everything that I've gathered about We Shape, like that seems like that's what is at the core of We Shape is being able to have that connection with your body so you can actually listen to those very subtle cues of telling you if something is okay or not okay. I like to give this analogy of like, there's two dials. There's your intuition and your internal dial. And then there's the outside external dial. Um, I believe that we're all born with the internal dial turned up to a 10. 
and the external dial will turn down to a one. Like if a baby's hungry, they're not going to politely wait for you to be available to feed it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Over time, those dials reverse. Hmm. And um, what I would love for people at WeShape is to learn how to turn that internal dial back up. Yeah, That is the dial that should be turned up way louder than the external one. Unfortunately, we live in a society and a culture and just part of the human experience is not probably going to allow us for the external dial to be turned all the way off. But as long as the internal dial is one point up from the external dial, yeah. we're probably going to be okay, right? Because that inner knowing and that inner wisdom is the most important thing, but it takes time. That requires a lot of self-trust. Yes. And if we are talked out of the things that we feel inside of our body, then you're going to have to understand that there's going to be a process. Mm -hmm. And I'm personally in this process still, I'm in the thick of it with what is, what is my inner knowing telling me to do? What, it, what do I trust? Even if the, and the hardest part is when the outside is saying, no, don't do it that way. Mm -hmm. Right. That validation feels really good. But I promise you, and that internal knowing and going down that path is going to be a different type of authentic power and a different a different type of authentic knowing. And I think it's really hard to trust it. And sometimes we make mistakes and sometimes it doesn't work out like we thought. But I think that that's what I'm hoping people will accomplish when they um, join WeShape is like, how do we turn that external dial down and that internal dial up? Mm. So good. I love that visual because it's it's so accurate. Like, and you can always tell which dial is louder the more you do the work, the more time that you spend getting to know yourself. And I, this this actually brings me to my next question because you said you have two daughters, right? Yes, five and 10. Five and 10. Okay, and so my daughter is 14 months. Uh, and this toxic weight loss culture social media, like there's just so much more access and also it, there's and messaging and programming. How do you approach this? How, how, like, I'm curious from just mom to mom, how you plan to support and protect your young daughters from this weight loss culture. Oh, well, first of all, I will share, I've made a lot of mistakes um, I was like a health nut and I got a lot of praise for that. And I use wellness as a form of control. And, um, so I'm having to really evaluate and sit in that a little bit. And I'm doing the best I can to have like a lot of, you know, kindness and self grace because I'm just doing the best that I know how, um, fortunately I've, you know, unsubscribed from a lot of that now, but, um, I think my, my ideal outcome, if if I got to if I got to pick one, would be to continuously drive that internal dial up for them. What do you think? How does that make you feel? What comes up for you? Like letting their opinion of themselves matter the most. Mm -hmm. And so there again, this is not like a checklist of things that I can do as a parent, but I feel like if we set that intention, we will uh, we will be shown many, many ways in little tiny things throughout the day that allow them to to listen to that voice. So a, a simple example of this um, 
is uh, a couple months ago, my five-year-old went to the freezer and pulled out a popsicle. We were about to eat dinner in 20 minutes. She said, I really want this popsicle. I said, you do. I said, "Um, okay, uh, we're about to have dinner in 20 minutes. I am going to, I I want to enjoy a popsicle too, but my body is asking me for some some more nutrient-dense foods before I have that popsicle. What does your body want? She said, my body wants the popsicle now. And I said, okay, some of us are going to have it after dinner, but if you decide that that works better for your body, you could have it now. And she just had the damn popsicle. She still ate her dinner. Like, it's like, we like have these rules as parents that we think we know best. And there are some circumstances where I do have to step in and hold firm lines as the parent because of their safety and well-being. But any opportunity I can to get them to check in with their body and to also learn what it means to make mistakes. Right. So like my older daughter, we just, uh, my two kids had just had the stomach flu and my older daughter was like feeling better. And I said, okay, you've been fine for over a day now. She wanted to go to the school fair. I I said, you could go with your friend. She went with her friend. She ate a bunch of junk food at the fair. That's what fairs are for. She came home and threw up everywhere. And she said, oh, I really didn't listen to my body. If I was really tapped in, I, I think I would have made a different choice. And I was like, that's no problem. Everyone makes mistakes. You'll know next time. Right. We, But my inherent controlling nature, it wanted to be like, OK, when you get to the fair, make sure you only drink water and make sure you eat light foods because you just had a stomach flu. So did it. And I was like, I don't need to do that. Like, just let her experience what she's going to experience. And then don't shame and judge. I knew I knew you should have done that. You know, I knew you should listen to mom. Like there are going to be times where like my children's safety is is at the helm and I have to be the parent. But there are thousands of opportunities where I can direct them back to self and offer them kindness and grace through their mistakes as they connect better to their body. I don't know if that's answering your question, but I just, yeah. They answered it and then some. That is so cool because I can see, because my daughter's only, you know, she's 14 months, but wow. Like you can already hear the old stories and, and beliefs just, they come to the surface. And I am also a wellness junkie. Like I, you know, check the labels. I'm all about that, but I do think about it a lot. I'm like, I don't want to make anything bad or wrong. Like, you know, I don't want to pass that on to her. Like I've been working on that own in myself. So just hearing you say that and asking the questions and having them check in and, and learn from their mistakes and hold that space and grace for them, but also for yourself when that happens is everything Like that to me makes that shift. I don't want to say easier, but less confusing or scary. It's like not knowing how to, I mean, think about like a 14 month old, right? It's like, well, let's just like let her cross the street by herself. And maybe she'll like learn how to like not do that next time. It's like, no, that doesn't feel safe. Right. Right. But like, you know, letting her pick what she has most of like for lunch. It's like, that's, it's really, it's like, how important is it? Do you know what I mean? Like, and just allowing that. And I am having, I want to preface that I have in no way mastered this. I am in constant self battle with, okay, how important is that? Okay. Like, are you going to take her out of her own inner knowing or her own ability to learn from an experience because you quote unquote know best, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so it's a, it's an evolution. And so like, I, I know one thing for sure with parenting is that you're that we're all going to make mistakes mm-hmm. and there's no getting out of that. But how you remedy those mistakes and how you work, talk to yourself through those mistakes and how you, you know, my my main goalpost is like drive my children back to their inner knowing. Mm-hmm. And also I, I've been talking a lot lately about this like idea of like, I want my, my biggest goal is for my kid to be happy. I'm like, but life's not happy all the time. 
Mm-hmm. And so I would say it second to that would be sort of like my children learning how to be as satisfied as possible with life. Cause satisfied also means like acceptance, right. Mm-hmm. Of like, things don't always go our way. Like I know as parents, we really want our children to not experience any suffering or hardship. And I am so guilty of being so good at controlling that I have mitigated a lot of that, but there's also a price you pay for that. Mm-hmm. So just understanding that like, a lot of us are talked out of our inner knowing. And I believe that if we can provide as much of a safe space for our children to connect with that inner knowing and play with that inner knowing and learn how to build trust, then that kind of like solves a lot of the things later on, because that's the root. That's the foundation. That is so true. And I think even just hearing you say like, bring them back to their inner knowing, like that's the goal is to, to, to continue to foster them knowing themselves best. Cause it is true. I mean, watching Ellie go from a newborn to 14 months, almost 15 months. She is the ultimate, like she knows what she wants. She lets us know what she likes. She lets us know what she doesn't like. So I'm watching that unfold in real time and and thinking, how do I continue to foster this? How do I Mm. continue to let her know what's best for her and help her stay, you know, safe. Cause that is our job, but also experience the world because it is so impossible to protect. Like being a human is really hard, but being able to teach them how to trust themselves and then also be emotionally resilient. I think those go hand in hand and like we shave just sounds like that is the product of that, that if we all had that when we were little tiny human beings, it would mitigate so many of the challenges that we face as adults. But I want to remind people it's never too late. Right. And that's, that's what we've discovered over and over as, 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 as community has, as people have come through our community is it's never too late to learn how to deepen that connection with self and learn how you can operate in the world from that place. I'm yeah. also laughing because my daughter, my older daughter's name is Ellie too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. oh. Is, is it Ellen or is Ellen her, her? No, it's, it's Ellie. Ellie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is your daughter Ellen? Ellen, yeah, but she's for oh. sure an Ellie. She's named out yeah. um, her grandma, whose name was oh. Ellen, and she's Ellen Joy. Oh, uh, so I love that. So mm-hmm. you know, as you're talking through this, I think you're it's so spot on because it's never too late to connect with those deep parts of yourself. Those deep parts of ourselves is our inner child. So that must be the part where we stop trusting ourselves, which we stop connecting with our inner knowing. And so as adults, it's up to us to go and be able to reconnect with those parts that once knew very well what we needed and what we wanted and how to validate ourselves and how to really trust where we're at and accept. So that's just that it's never too late. You can be whatever age, because no matter what age you are on the, you know, like the external, there's this inner part of yourself that you deeply, if you connect to that part of yourself, everything that you want in your life is yours. As long as you can connect back to that part. Absolutely. And that's what I hope will happen. Even if people come through reshape and they, they only turn that dial up by just one, one volume up, I will have felt like, okay, that was worth, that was worth it all because yeah, we are disconnected from ourselves and it is a journey to, to reestablish that connection, but it's a journey so worthwhile. So worthwhile. So worthwhile. Oh, this was so wonderful, Katie. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. This has been so helpful for myself. And also I know my community will appreciate this conversation so much. So any last things that you want to touch on that we didn't talk about before we wrap up? 
I think we talked about a lot and I'm just so grateful, you know, we are a startup company. So I'm just like so grateful for the exposure and for getting the word out there about WeShape. And if people want to find us, um, I have a special link for your listeners to get a two week free trial at WeShape. They just go to WeShape.com backslash silver lining. And they can get their two-week free trial. We're on all social platforms. We have two social media handles. The first one is at WeShape. It's all movement-related content. And then the second one is at WeShape Podcast, where where we talk about all kinds of topics like we have on your podcast. So thank you again for having me. Such a pleasure, such a joy to be, be able to speak with you. Awesome. I will make sure I link all of that in the show notes. Uh, this was such a treat. I can't wait to ch- check out We Shape. I can't wait to learn the foundational movement and use that to build my base of where I already have a real, I have a strong base, but I feel like there's always room for improvement and growth in just the, the simplicity of that foundation. So I'm excited to continue and learn and grow with your platform. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you.